Conventional conventionists, thanks for tuning in to Time Warp Radio, the Rocky Horror Picture Show movie by minute podcast, where with each seven minutes, bum, 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 we can make you a fair. I'm Haley Mervini. And I'm Katie Tomney. And we're your resident criminologists on all things Rocky Horror. And today our episode is covering the minutes 35, exactly, to minute 41.55. And it's alive! It's alive! (laughs) (laughs) That's right, folks. We are talking about the golden boy himself, Peter Henwood, today. Yeah, we can't talk about making a man without the man who made Rocky. Like... He's such eye candy, and who cares that he can't act, TBH. (laughs) Um, We're also going to be determining what exactly the Sword of Damocles is, whose head it's hanging over, and why it's giving a certain tank child a feeling of unnameable dread. (laughs) Uh, And we're also going to wrap up our Transylvanian profiles today with a couple of extra honorable mentions. Yes, so, happy Halloween. <gasps> well, technically yesterday. Yes. Uh, but we had oh, just the best stay-at-home Halloween ever. ever. Like, top to bottom, it was a fantastic evening. We started with a cabaret by Epic Players in New York City. They have a neurodiverse cast performing all of the numbers from Rocky Horror Picture Show, plus Beetlejuice numbers and... Uh, all of your favorite Halloween Yeah, they did a mashup songs. of, Ugh. like, Thriller, plus gold, uh, Ghostbusters, plus... Adam's Family yeah, and literally Scooby-Doo. Every, and... So much fun. It was, like... Uh, it was... Like, some of the best Rocky Horror content that I've ever consumed. And I feel like I can say that because I go to page, like, eight on YouTube (laughs) looking for videos sometimes. So it was just, like, the production value was incredible. I loved all of the performances. And Um, uh, they actually raised over $15,000. Oh, my gosh. They had incredible, um, like, guests coming on and doing like shout outs to the event it was awesome and then we probably did what every other rocky horror fan on the face of the united states (laughs) did which was watch the rocky horror all-star zoom live stream the yeah the wisconsin democrats live stream and it was chef's kiss so good but just seeing Tim and Nell in a format that right now, um, you know, we're FaceTiming our family members and it was, it just felt so special to be on like a hangout chat with, you know, 
Frank still up to his no good dastardly ways Mm -hmm. 45 years later and Columbia still ever the groupie still desperate to help and (laughs) carrying the show she knew every line but like for every character she knew every everybody's lines but uh, it was uh, words I don't have the words to express it it was just so fun and it felt fresh and updated because they also they were using the script for the stage show Mm -hmm. so it was there were a lot of good opportunities for Tim to do what he does best which is just uh riff off of people I loved him so much and it was so good to see him and to hear his beautiful voice and he's I'm so happy he's active and I hope he continues to do this sort of thing because Mm -hmm. I will be there um, 100%. Also, Barry Bostwick. (gasps) My crush multiplied and intensified and I got chills and they're multiplying and... I want him to adopt me. (laughs) Can he be my new dad, please? I love him so much. And we got to see Brad's song. Yes, got... once in a while. They put back in once in a while. And Brad got and Barry got to sing it. <laughs> in an arcade. It was so cute. Oh. oh, Seth Green was awesome. Rosario Dawson was awesome. I cannot. Colleen from Miranda Sings. She was Great. so good. I loved her. It was just Janet. so much fun. I couldn't help but like pinch myself the whole time. Feeling like I was, like, sitting in the living room with these people and, like... I think Frankie Grande earned, like, a ton of new stands because he was so good. He was somehow born to sing the song Eddie's Teddy. Yes. It was insane. And and if you... How that works out for... If you have any interest in David Arquette at all, he played Eddie... And it was one of the most entertaining things I've ever seen in my entire life, number one. Number two, it was hilarious. He was performing the way a man who's had half of his brain removed <laughs> would perform. It was manic. He had a puppet. Yeah, if you want to see David Arquette making out with a puppet, um, <laughs> this is where to do that. All of them were having so much fun. I That too, it was like hanging out with Auntie... Nell and Uncle Tim and Father Barry. (laughs) Father Barry. He's my new dad. (laughs) And other super fans. Yes. Rosario Dawson, who got her family to do Time Warp with her. And oh my gosh, James from Chaos Mm -hmm. made Seth Green's uh, ray gun. His laser gun at the end of, of. of I'm going home. Yes, Chaos's resident prop guy slash riffraff slash Rocky. <laughs> he does it all. He does it all. <laughs> but he is incredible at making props. An and, incredible prop master. Oh, he's and so wonderful. And the man to go to when you're like, I need super glue right now. <laughs> James, please, I need super glue. Please. <laughs> and he procures it. He's like, sure, there you go. Out of yes. thin air. So wonderful. Yeah, so he provided the ray gun for 
Seth to use during the live stream. And that was so cool. And you could tell that Seth really does love Rocky Horror. They all were such fans. And like, oh my gosh, I would watch it again and buy the tickets and sign up. And again. Yep. And again. Yeah. And again. Yeah. Then at the end of the night was an all-star Zoom Rocky Horror Zoom show with all-star cast members from a bunch of cast yes from all over the country no it was all over the country oh my gosh yeah it was uh wow so good i just want that to become like the weekly thing Mm -hmm. then if like like drive-ins i love that that shadowcast are starting to perform at drive-ins and i just hope that that becomes more and more of an option so uh, if we were doing shadow casting and we had the tank set, right? We have mm-hmm. Frank behind the tank, flanked by Columbia and Magenta. There are shower curtains that you can purchase mm-hmm. for a control panel. Yes. If you don't want to construct your own control panel very easy to make one pvc pipe and a shower curtain Mm -hmm. it's what we do at chaos (laughs) behind the scenes look (laughs) but who knows maybe someone this uh lockdown has gotten very creative with making rocky horror set pieces you hear that folks (laughs) send us one at chaos at the frida cinema hey if anybody has some spare time and they want to work on some props i'm just saying like (laughs) hey james made a prop and it got featured on uh, on a really cool thing. So it's like, got to start somewhere. <laughs> and Riff is there. Brad and Janet are, like we said, on a bathroom break. Yes. Yeah, everyone's looking at Frank. You barely pay attention to what's happening in the tank. So I'm thinking, right, of this, of this, like, plywood constructed number, okay? And you paint it red. And then you just draw with like black paint the where the screws would be. Like the welds. Yeah, exactly. Along the tank. And I'm just thinking of like a flat thing, but for you to put a roller, like a plastic roller, along the top of the tank, where if you have like an artist on your cast, you could commission uh like a some kind of canvas that will roll on it like a curtain um with like a drawstring possibly that rocky inside the tank could operate yeah and oh my gosh just to think of like a tank turning rainbow colored Mm -hmm. as the as it's filling up oh what a and then rocky getting up would be such a reveal but our tank at chaos is also like a flat plank mm-hmm. with two little It's got little feet on the bottom, yeah. Yeah, support feet. And we have a fitted sheet, a fitted red sheet that we've put around the front of it mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. represent not only the sheet that they Columbia and Magenta flip off, and, but yeah. also just to keep that red tied in there. Yeah, no, it's great. And love it. It serves its purpose, and I just get these like lofty ideas of of a of a, 
curtain mechanism and how it will have a, a drawstring and it will and it'll turn rainbow and it'll be ha 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 like I sound insane. All eyes are on Frank right now mm-hmm. because he raises his arms and laughs maniacally, really hamming it up, over the top dramatics, totally shaping the perspective of what's happening right now for both his audience in the observation room and uh, audiences of the film that are watching the movie. Like, we're sitting there like, ooh, ah, flashing lights. (laughs) And it's all because Frankenfurter has amped us up. The score right now is going crazy. We've got, like, face-melting guitar riffs. The building drums. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And Riff Raff continues to turn the wheel at the control panel, and the chandelier descends toward the camera. And Riff kind of started that action as part of his tasks and his duties for the evening, but then he really, like, throws himself into it (laughs) to either just, like, get it over with, or he's getting excited, too, because he's like, man, I've been working so hard on this. I really want to see this creation finally come to life. Mm-hmm. And Frank, oh, he clasps his hands together and looks into the tank, looks at the taps on the chandelier, and he begins to specifically in rainbow order spurt this mystery liquid into the tank and that chandelier is a paint mixer yes <laughs> which i love you can find them at uh sherman williams <laughs> at your local sherman williams <laughs> take a picture with the with the tr- the the sonic oscillator i don't know is it the, the- forbidden juice box man <laughs> Fran knows what I'm talking about. You can catch a quick glimpse of Fran just licking her lips. She's like, juice box. (laughs) I feel it, man. She can already see Rocky's package from (laughs) far away. She's like, "Mm, mm, mm, slice me up a piece of that Rocky. But what is that liquid that Frank is pouring into the tank? Like, is it that wine that he was drinking in the cooler downstairs? You see, I'm confused about it, too, because at first I was like, oh, he's filling up the tank, like, full of liquid so that there's somewhere for the electricity to be conducted into the tampon man. (laughs) But as we saw before, the tank is already full of water, so it's not that he's putting water in. I honestly just think it's to make it as gay as possible. He's like, we need more gay. Give me that rainbow. I mean, uh, yeah. I love that we end up looking at a rainbow flag. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also like, it's whatever is being absorbed into Rocky. Like, um, because we know that the tank is going to totally evaporate of all of its liquids (laughs) um and that's also i guess the stuff that might be making rocky's skeleton 
Yeah, because if you notice, the lights are flashing on and off, uh-huh. and when they flash on, you can see the outline of him like his up. exoskeleton inside of uh, yeah and then you can see his skeleton lit up inside of his outline okay that totally gives me like an invisible man feel of mm-hmm. like a man wrapped in bandages head yes. to toe um and we don't see his skin we don't see his brain no. we don't see any we just see that like the bandages and then the skeleton so maybe because I keep going back and forth on what Rocky is made out of. If he's like a bunch of hobbled together pieces of of mystery human meat, mystery arm, mystery leg. Um, or if he's just like... But we did find out that in the sequel to Frankenstein, the classic film, <laughs> Dr. Frankenstein has taken on another identity. He goes to another place and he figures out a way to reanimate a whole person as opposed to hobbled together parts Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. maybe we're getting like frankenstein part two sequel Mm. vibes i get it yeah yeah like it's um because the idea was like the first time hobbling a person together didn't work out so well Mm -hmm. like that, that guy was pretty hard to contain so it's like if we get a willing occupant that's willing to do this experiment and yeah, this maybe it'll turn out better right spoiler alert it never does it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't work and frank is dispensing this liquid before riff has even completely finished lowering yeah. the dispenser and like riff doesn't really get to participate in this part of the experiment i guess mm-hmm. uh and I love, uh, apparently Jim Charman instructed Tim Curry in this scene, more, do more, more, faster, more colors, do the, the other one, and now switch to the other one, and more, 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 more. And then he, he's like, stop, okay, now turn them all off, turn them all off, turn them off. And that's, and that's why. why it's so panicked, <laughs> is because Tim was like, oh my god, I turned these on so much, how am I going to turn them all back off? And you see his face, he's like, <laughs> He's tired of having to crank those <laughs> those levers. Um, but Riff Raff presses down on a final lever at the control panel. Lights increase until it flares in the camera. And I'm thinking, like, for sure right now, they're harnessing electricity for this experiment, a la Frankenstein. Yes. Like, I think that might have been just what Frank was talking about. In the spark, the spark of life. Of life. Like, oh, hey, all you got to do is just stick like a mummified body in a tank of water. And, and you got to like, zap them. Yeah, drop a giant hair dryer in that bathtub, in that sucker, and <laughs> reanimate that baby. Because this light flare occurs, I'm wondering if they're, like, redirecting all of the power in the castle to this paint mixer. Yeah, maybe that's why all the lights were kind of turned off or, like, dimmed and it was kind of just, like, a flashing light because they're like, okay, we need to take all of the electricity and put it straight towards this Frankenstein's monster. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why um, the deep freeze malfunctions. Ooh. You know? That, like, the refrigerator 
lost power. Don't worry, we'll get there. Yeah, next episode. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. I said too much. <laughs> I said too much. This tank we're looking at is the same design as what was used in The Revenge of Frankenstein, which is that sequel we're talking about yes. where his second assistant Carl <laughs> um has helped Frankenstein escape and is a groupie essentially and is like make me your monster Frankenstein I do it do it for me Frankenstein inside the tank the figure begins to move his hand comes up and grips the side of the tank as the lights continue to flash on and off the figure looks like a medusa greek statue it's kind of just he's very stiff and he's very like even wrapped in those bandages you can tell that he's very fit and he's posed yes he is even in the recline he's holding a medusa like pose i would say janet puts her hand up to her face janet drama as (laughs) rocky continues to stand We cut to Frank and Columbia both peering inside of the tank as the figure's bandaged hands continue to reach up, then hold on to the tank edges. Frank climbs up the ladder at the side of the tank and Riff Raff's climbing up the other side. And the figure is standing up. He shifts and tilts and shifts and and tilts. And he's like... like like wiggling on his feet like a like a weeble wobble yeah like like, he doesn't have movements in his joints yet or like he's used to being on a platform Mm. like i'm thinking if he's like a greek statue he has a base that he's always on so while he's trying to turn he's kind of hobbling over like um well he is also a tank child (laughs) he's like a young doe speaking of the tank there's no more water in the tank It's magically evaporated. Mm -hmm. Like I said before, Tampon Man has absorbed all of that water. But the rainbow flag has been stained onto the side of that glass panel. And since we have that really good visual of Frank and Riff on either side of the tank and Uh Rocky standing in the middle, it's like two owners are like... Mommy and Daddy! Proudly... Proudly staring at their creation. Yeah, and Riff is totally, at this point, he's taking more of a even role and is like, okay, whoever gets to him first gets to see what he looks like. <laughs> but Wait, Riff and Rocky are both blonde. We, yes, and we just see like a glimpse of it. He, he takes off his hood mask. Yes bandaged head cover thing and you're right the first thing we see is he's blonde again we get our perspective shifted by frankenfurter's reaction to him the figure turns to face the camera the reveal we should be reacting like it's a hideous deformed figure but he's like justin timberlake (laughs) and frank rolls his eyes in ecstasy, exclaims, Oh, Rocky! Oh, Rocky, indeed. So our Rocky is played by none other than Peter Hinwood. He was a ripe 28 years old at the time of filming. 
So he was actually working as a photographer and a professional model while he was pursuing his acting career. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. There are some really uh, not safe for work photos on the internet. If you uh, (laughs) do a light Google search, just going to throw that out there. Those will not be on the blog. They will not be on the blog, but you can find them very easily. So he was a model for English Boy Limited in 1967 while living in Chelsea. He also played the Greek god Hermes in The Adventures of Ulysses. It was a British TV show. It was very short-lived, his role on it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then in 1976, after Rocky Horror, he was in a film called Sebastian uh, alongside Little Nell and Patricia Quinn, reunited. Well, so he got plucked out of modeling. Yes. To do this role. We say that he was pursuing an acting career, but like, you know, lightly, the yes. way that, you, you know, Emily Ratchikowski pursued acting, you know, like a gorgeous model. I will not say that they are not talented actors because they serve a very specific role in the parts that they're cast in, like... Emily Radzikowski, I hope I'm saying her name right, uh, was in, like, Gone Girl. Mm -hmm. And she was Ben Affleck's sexy, college-aged affair. Mm -hmm. The steamy young lady that's, like, eye candy for us. Like, that's exactly what Peter Hinwood was hired for in this project. Well, and not only that, but Peter Hinwood, to me brings like this really nice like naivety to Uh the role like Uh he just makes it a little bit more like sensitive and like naive like a newborn child and isn't that what rocky is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i know that he's really embarrassed of this role and he doesn't really like to talk about rocky horror he's done all of i think one interview about it in 2002 (sighs) But he he's always talked about how he's kind of embarrassed of this and he doesn't like to watch it because he thinks he's a horrible actor. Uh, but in my mind, he I wouldn't have picked anybody else to do it because no. I think it's perfect. It would have been distracting. Yes. Oh my gosh. He's already distracting. <laughs> already, like you look... Okay, an old Steve Reeves movie. Frankenfurter is literally saying to the squares in the audience... If you're not into any of this gay stuff, like, at least I'm going to toss a mostly naked person in front of you for a the next... A very handsome, almost oh naked person. Gosh. So it's like, okay, you can just kind of focus on him instead of watching the rest of it. Yeah, if it so upsets you, if you're so offended. At least you have great eye candy, and you're right, it totally, he's sweet, He's endearing. He's like a sweet little puppy. Like, you you don't like when Rocky is confused. <laughs> it makes you sad. You see his little face all, like, scrunched up thinking, and you're like, ugh, poor yes! baby. And if that is causing that kind of reaction in us... It's a good Sounds acting like job. Sounds like he's a fucking great actor. <laughs> if we're sitting there like, oh no, I'm, I'm concerned for him. Oh, no. Oh, no. Don't shoot him. No, not Rocky. He didn't do anything. He didn't hurt nobody. He was just an experiment. Poor 
thing. Poor baby. <sighs> well. So the crush persists. <laughs> but I have to give the man, again, credit where it's due. His body. It's insane. Is insane. Like, his abs go on forever. His shoulders are huge and broad. And he's also somehow lean while also being very masculine and muscular like it's uh yeah what a casting oh so good but now he's an antique stealer yeah so despite having a moderately successful modeling career and a short-lived acting career he decided to take a step back and get out of the spotlight and open up his own antique shop it's called peter henwood limited <laughs> he has the most beautiful curated Instagram I have like ever seen. It is honestly a joy to follow. Yes. It's it's one of those where like you're like, I don't know if this is really Peter Hinwood. Like I'm <laughs> I'm scrolling through his page and oh 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 there's a Rocky picture. Like, oh yes, it is him. Yeah. It's just he's a normal ass dude. Well, and he he did, he was a photographer earlier in his life, and he still Mm -hmm. does photography. He spends a lot of his time in Tangier, and he posts a lot of the photos that he's taken himself. And honestly, just gorgeous. Please, please, please go follow him on Instagram. Incredible. We'll post the link. Mm -hmm, Don't mm -hmm. worry. And he isn't one to really, as we've kind of alluded to, celebrate his part in this movie. He's quoted as saying, one, I can't act. Two, I cringe with embarrassment every time I see myself on film. Three, I relish a quiet, peaceful life. And I can give that to him. Yeah, I understand. I totally yeah. get it. That's if that's all if that's all he relishes, um, we can pretend that I have a huge crush on him because he's a great antique stealer <laughs> and that I love his Instagram feed. One last little fun fact about him before we move on. In 1994, he was cleaning out everything, found his gold hot pants he wore in the film, oh. and he actually auctioned them off. Uh, they were sold to Hard Rock for $1,000, and they currently reside $1, at $1,000? Can't we... I want someone to make a Rocky Horror Museum by now. Like, <laughs> get all that all that merchandise, get it in one place. There's got to be some collector. You know Hard Rock's not that, letting those go. So The price is always right. <laughs> they only paid $1,000 for this. They're not letting them go. <laughs> I would have paid $1,000 for those hot pants. They currently reside at the Orlando Hard Rock location. So if you are in Orlando, if you travel to Orlando anytime in the future and go to the Hard Rock there, I believe it's at Universal Orlando where the, that oh, Hard Rock is okay. located. That, that would make sense because, it, it, yeah, it's movie memorabilia. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I So talking about those hot pants... What is um, Rocky's complicated, I'll say it again, complicated costume consist of? <laughs> it's honestly one of my favorite costumes that I've put together because it can be interpreted so many different ways, especially mm-hmm. when you have a female Rocky. In the film, he is wearing 
gold hot pants. They've got a little R in rhinestones mm-hmm. on one side, and they've got straps. You know Frank was in charge of that part of the experiment. <laughs> he was like, rhinestoning? Rhinestones. Me. Put me on that <laughs> list. They've also got two straps on either side. One strap on either side, I should say. I um, honestly never look that close. I had to look I'm, really like, close. And I have to like... I had to look really close, but I I swear it was for costuming reasons. Um, (laughs) He also has gold leather wrestling boots on. And they make it because that is what elevates it from it just being a man running around in his underwear. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I love a, a perfectly put together Rocky. Like it's, it's clean and it's. If you get it right and you find those those wrestling boots, it really, like, I notice a difference in how people react to Rockies. Depending on like their shoes, head yes. Head to toe. And, like, I'm mixed on wigs. No, You don't need, I don't think you need to wear a wig as a Rocky. I don't either. Because, like. I think blonde is really fun for Rocky mm-hmm. just because he's supposed to be, like, blonde hair and a tan so Mm -hmm. like if you don't have blonde hair i would prefer that you wear a wig Mm -hmm. but i really don't think it's necessary like classic bowl cut got the bowl cut please it does add a level of (laughs) authenticity that just and then the way he shakes it around and then the bangs are in his eyes and just almost uh early stage biebery truly a, a, be, a Justin of his time. <laughs> what do you think Rocky's purpose is in this castle? Like, obviously a sex toy for Frankenfurter. I think that Rocky was genuinely, in Riff's mind, a science project. Like, can we create life? Also... Am I going to be able to bring Frank back from the dead if I do kill him because his mom's going to be mad at me? I didn't even think about that. So are you telling me that them holding the secret to life itself opens the possibility for a sequel where Frankenfurter is alive? (laughs) I mean, in my mind, absolutely. And at that point then. Yeah. Yeah. Go back I like and find it. him. Go back and find him. But I think we get introduced to Rocky at this point in the movie because it's like disorienting to be meeting so many new people all at the same time in such a short time span. And like, yeah, it's like I can't keep track of everybody's names. They've just introduced themselves briefly mm-hmm. to us. We don't know where the exits are. And now I, another person is here. What? Uh, I can't keep track of all the guests at this party. Like That guy was just in the tank and now he's growling at me? Yes. So he, <laughs> after Frank has uh, semi-orgasmed, Rocky makes a growling noise. At the same time, Riff flies over to the handle at the control panel, 
to reel the chandelier back up to the top of the dome. And Rocky Horror sees that as an opportunity to get a lay of the land of, like, what he just woke up into. Hangs onto it and gets taken upward with the chandelier as Riff Raff continues to wind it all the way up. I don't think Riff knows... I, I don't think, think he was, this No, I think he was very focused on getting the chandelier out of the way and didn't realize that Rocky was hanging on to it. Or is he like, eh, 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 I want to touch him first. <laughs> <laughs> Nuh-uh, Frank. I, dibs. I get him first. Maybe. Rocky making that growling noise, he's a monster. Mm-hmm. He's not capable of speaking speaking but he is capable of singing for some reason and rocky has lines in the stage show mm-hmm. he originally had lines in the movie but uh they they were filmed uh-huh but they were cut because peter henwood wasn't believable when he was delivering the lines um so, yeah, unfortunately, we don't get to hear the lines that Rocky says, but... Unearth the, the footage. <laughs> Unearth the footage. Or just go see a stage show. That's true. Yeah, you can, hear, you can find out all of Rocky's inner ponderings, because as he becomes more sentient, he starts to have more complex thoughts Ooh. and, like, lines throughout the, the stage show. So it's really funny when uh, he becomes another, like, audience surrogate in addition to Brad and Janet. Mm -hmm. Like, people who um, are like, oh, I don't know if I have a good feeling about this. Like, Rocky does a lot of those lines. We hear Riff giving this cackle. Uh Uh-huh. And so begins the Sword of Damocles. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, music and lyrics by Richard O'Brien, the man cackling himself, with the musical arrangements for the film by Richard Hartley in the key of A major. This was not a song originally included in the movie's soundtrack, but then got re-added for the like 25th Something like anniversary that. release. Yeah, I think it was like the 2000 release of it. Um, so That's... it was included in the movie. It just wasn't on the, the soundtrack when the actual physical soundtrack got released. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, when the physical soundtrack got released, like people didn't have Blu-rays where if they were like, oh, Sword of Damocles is my favorite song ever. Rip. I want to listen to it on repeat 24-7. Sucks like, to suck. Yeah, like you had no way, like if you wanted to sit there and rewind your VHS over and over again, you could. It wouldn't even be VHS at that point. Jeez, I, I'm sorry, I don't know anything older than that. <laughs> That's always really interesting to me, because same with, like, Brad's cut number. Mm-hmm. What was the intention in keeping this, like, an exclusive for movie, like, reveals? I, you know what I mean? I think it's because... It wasn't sung by Peter Hinwood himself. Okay. And 
they would obviously have to credit the person singing it. So I don't think that they really wanted people to know right they didn't off the want bat to advertise that it wasn't him singing. So it's actually sung all of Rocky's singing parts are done by Trevor White. Mm-hmm. So Trevor White is an Australian singer. He was in the band Sound Incorporated from 1968 to 1971. Mm-hmm. Uh, the band broke up while they were on tour. Sucks. <laughs> That's terrible. But but they were in, in Australia. Right yes, right, time. <laughs> right place at the right time. They were in Australia where he met Jim Sharman. Mm-hmm. So he auditioned for the role of Jesus Christ Superstar. Landed the lead role, was cast as Jesus himself. And that's, like, okay, add it to the list of all-star performer singers of this cast. Yeah. Like, Incredible. Barry Boswick, too. Both Broadway-level performers mm-hmm. that, like, Sword of Damocles is so much fun to listen to. I love it. After recording Rocky Horror soundtrack stuff... He went on tour with The Kinks, Sparks, he was associated with Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, Elton John, Deep Purple. Like, he was doing everything. Mm-hmm. He was all over the place, very, very, very talented, not only as a vocalist, but also as a guitar player. So, like, a, a hard rock, classic rock singer. Yeah. Sounds about right. Um, we have theories on who is actually singing Sword of Damocles, so I'm doubly happy that it's like a rock band guy is the voice of Rocky. Totally. Never knew it. Um, Rocky sings, The Sword of Damocles is hanging over my head, and I've got the feeling someone's gonna be cutting the thread. And he's singing that as he's looking into the chandelier, and he's like, it's like when, like, you know those people on YouTube that get their wisdom teeth removed and they're like waking up from anesthetics and they're like, oh, that's a bright light. Like, oy. he's waking up like it's a continuation of a surgery that he remembers going under for. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So the Sword of Damocles is this anecdote from ancient Greece. Uh, Damocles was this guy who was part of the royal court of Dionysus II of Syracuse, Sicily. And the story is Damocles was kind of kissing up to the king saying, oh my gosh, you're so totally fortunate to be surrounded by all of this magnificence and power and authority. And I just wish that I was used so bad. And the king was like, Okay, let's trade places then. So Damocles was like, sick, I'm the king now. <laughs> and he sits in his throne and realizes there is a, a sword hung over the throne that's secured by a single hair of a horse's tail. <laughs> so the king placed it there to evoke this sense of what it's like to be a king. The constant state of danger and dread and knowing your enemies could attack at any time. Because being the king, you have to make hard choices that not everybody's going to like. So you're not going to have fans from everyone. You know, you're going to have some enemies. And the Sword of Damocles is basically just the representation of power and responsibility. So think of it as, like, like, Spider-Man. But, like, 
eminent and hovering over you at all times and it's not a pleasant sensation you're not happy that you're sitting on that throne now like you're waiting for that string to break yes like rocky is talking about really complex like this is a complex reference yes for his first words <laughs> evoked you know for him to be like i feel an eminent like danger pre- yeah and pressure and responsibility too much responsibility i don't know how i got here like the that sword is going to come swinging at any moment yes yes it could be from anyone yes. someone he like is now fearful of well, actually, he says someone's going to cut in the thread as he's, like, looking at Frankenfurter and realizing that Frankenfurter is there. Like, I don't know if he initially knew noticed. what was happening. Yeah. 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 He, he's still groggy. He's still waking up. And he looks down at Frank as Frank kicks Riff away from the control panel as he's already lowering the chandelier, like, <laughs> Riff's already recognized, ah, oh, fucked up. Okay, well, I gotta go, let me bring him down. Sorry, master. But Frank is abusive. Like, we see a straight-up sign of abuse when he kicks the guy. Rocky continues. Oh, woe is me. My life is a misery. Oh, can't you see that I'm at the start of a pretty big downer? Those are upsetting lines. Especially for somebody who was just born. Yeah, a baby man tank child saying his life is a misery. But after you know being what? destined to be born. Like he was fated and he already like that's that sort of Damocles thing. Like being destined is a lot of expectation, Frank, like for you to assume that you can just, like, bada-boom, make a sentient being that's just going to be willfully okay with, uh, he could, like, worst-case scenario, he could make him, like, another Riff and Magenta, like, just another servant in the house. It actually got me thinking, this doesn't make sense coming from Rocky at all, because he was just born, he doesn't as far as we know, have any thoughts, have any ideas, really know who Frank or Riff Raff is at all because he was just created, right? Yeah, he's like too too much foreshadowing, too much premonitioning, like too much being aware of the fact that like his character does meet a demise. That's when we started to think like, we know <laughs> Frank split Eddie's brain between the two of them. So... And you know what this song kind of sounds like. It kind of sounds a little rock and rolly. Definitely, definitely a sister track to Hot Patootie. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And when you think, like, okay, if Eddie was waking up after, you know, he may have thought he was getting his wisdom teeth removed. (laughs) I don't know. And he wakes up, and he's looking around, and if he can at least recognize, like, 
this isn't the same place I fell asleep. Fell asleep. <laughs> that gives me a bad feeling. <laughs> right. But I'm thinking like if his brain is well now it's functioning a whole other person. Yes. So it's like uh, nothing about this is right. Nothing feels right. My body feels different. Yeah. Like I'm not the same size that I was uh-huh, before. Uh-huh. Frank climbs up the ladder on the side of the tank thinking he can catch Rocky in midair. Um which there's got to be an easier way he can catch this guy, but Frank is just blinded by his attraction. As Rocky gets level with him, Frank lunges and falls straight into the tank <laughs> because Rocky landed in between Magenta and Columbia mm-hmm. so they could start snip, 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 snipping all of his bandages off of his extremities. Yeah. Oh, his body. I gotta say, like, because his, his arms are gorgeous. His legs are gorgeous. There's a reason we're getting them. All these close-up shots. It's like a burlesque. Yeah. We're getting, ooh, a glove revealed. Ooh, his leg covering revealed. Like, actors at that time looked like Barry Bostwick mm-hmm. and Richard O'Brien mm-hmm. and Tim Curry. Like, long, lean dudes. Yeah, they that had were... a really hard time, even for the stage show, finding a buff guy to play Rocky. Mm-hmm. Like we said in the last episode... Richard O'Brien was literally going to <laughs> gyms to look for buff guys who could be in his show. Like, he's like, I don't care. He, too, I don't care if they can sing. Don't care. <laughs> they need to have the right physique. Yeah. The way Richard O'Brien describes it is that actors weren't pumping iron <laughs> like they are now. Yo, Dreamcasting came up with this today. Shout out to Taylor. She knows who she is. We were talking this morning about Dreamcasting. Boo Boo Stewart from The Descendants as Rocky. You just want to cast the whole Descendants cast. I do. As Rocky I'm Horror. a stan. <laughs> I'm totally a stan. So Rocky is avoiding Frank. Like if he wanted to be embraced, he would have let Frank grab onto him. But he's already running away from him in anybody else's direction, including Magenta and Columbia. Like he trusts them to get him out of the bandages and in a shadow cast it's hard to recreate that bandage costume yeah so in a shadow cast the bandages are really up for interpretation i've seen them completely go without Mm -hmm. um i've seen people do kind of velcro numbers i've seen people just wrap their torso Mm -hmm. but i've also seen them do the actual like string contraption that they have in the movie which how do you how do you do that before every show well they they would have to i'm thinking if it's like it wraps around and then so basically it's the same way that they do elsa's costume change in the broadway show of frozen oh they have like a pin it's like a pin they remove and they remove it and it the layers of fabric fall off so that's the same way that they do Rocky's bandages, but instead of a pin, it's um, a string. So I guess you could have the string 
loop, like if you wanted to do a bunch of eyelets down like a sleeve, and then have it tie at the top of your shoulder, have them untie it at the shoulder, and then pull it out at this. Yeah, but you would still have to wrap it every show. God, it's just so much. Rockies, please let me know if you do this and how you have the patience to do this. Send us pictures of it. I want to know how you made it. Send me video. Because I want I want every Rocky to have it. It's so much fun. It's beautiful. Oh my god. It's beautiful when it happens, but it's a pain in the butt. I don't know. There's got to be a, a way you can figure out like a, some kind of corset, some kind of wrap that is like a more permanent option so you're not having to wrap yourself all the time every Well, like show. I said, I've seen I've seen like Velcro options <laughs> where it's like a sleeve and it's Velcroed on the inside or whatever mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then Magenta or Columbia respectively will grab it and rip it off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've seen that and like visually it does the job. But then it's also five minutes, not even, three minutes. Not even forty-five seconds that he's in this in this ba- invisible man, yeah, bandage wear, and also if a Rocky is wearing a wig, it's hard to do that bandage head reveal. Um, Most of the time, I see it as Riff putting their bloodied handkerchief over Rocky's face, yeah. and doing the re- reveal that way, yeah. But yeah. in other in other news, shadow casting this song is. Just how it looks on the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do uh, a twirl out as Rocky when you're getting unbandaged. And you run through the audience. Yep. And this is the best time for audience interaction when you can touch people. Please don't touch people now. <laughs> but you can go out and kind of make those bonds with the audience members. You make can, them the Transylvanians. Yeah, where Rocky is pleading with the Transylvanians, plead with your audience members, sit mm-hmm. on a lap, uh-huh. try and seduce them into helping you. Yeah, and Frank, too, will chase you through the audience, and everyone loves to get close to Frank for even a moment, and it's just so much fun. You just do a loop up one aisle, down a row, and then back up the other aisle. We've got Columbia, Magenta, and Riff Raff up on the stage in front of the tank doing their little leg lift dance that Mm -hmm. Richard O'Brien, I guess, came up with on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) So Rocky continues singing. I woke up this morning with a start when I fell out of bed. The lyrics are similar to Hot Patootie, I would say. Like, it's really, really darn upbeat for a song about existential dread, you know? (laughs) And same with Hot Patootie, he's talking about getting, like, drugged and abducted, possibly. Like, they're super catchy songs that us in the audience were like, fun! Love it! Love the upbeat numbers, guys! Keep them coming! (laughs) (laughs) And... Like, thinking of it coming from Eddie's perspective, his possible left brain, we're thinking, if he's reliving his most recent memories, it sounds like it's Eddie talking about a morning after getting seduced Mm -hmm. by Frankenfurter, and then literally getting rolled out of 
probably a canopied bed um, onto a surgical slab, like yeah. straight into operation. The guests, including Riff, Magenta, and Columbia, respond to Rocky's concerns by saying, that ain't no crime, because everyone's having a bop. We love a convention with musical acts. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, why are the Transylvanians already suggesting, like, oh, cool, fun song. This isn't illegal. <laughs> Just want to toss it out there. At this point, Columbia and Magenta are kneeling on the floor and undoing Rocky's leg bandages. Uh, Frank is watching from inside the tank where he still is hanging out because he fell in there. <laughs> And Rocky sings, And left from my dreamin' was a feelin' of a nameable dread. I don't think they would say dream without knowing that it automatically associates with don't dream it, be it. I think he's saying, left from my... Like, I thought this was a party too, guys. Left from my don't dream it, be it. Explore all your sexual fantasies. Be totally free love. Like, the morning after hit him hard, and it's a dread that, for, okay, first of all, unnameable dread should be a metal band. Well, and also, unnameable <laughs> dread, we still don't know Frank's name. It still hasn't been said in the movie. Yeah, you're totally right. Like, we are excited now that this scientist has invited us to see his experiment, but we're totally missing the point that, like, w these are still mystery people for mm -hmm. us. And if it's unnameable dread, it's the worst thing past imagination for Eddie to where there's no other experience to compare the sensation to. The guests continue, that ain't no crime. <laughs> My high is low. I'm dressed up with no place to go. Okay, but high is low totally sounds like it's coming from drug addict Eddie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a heroin, like... And he's saying he's dressed up with no place to go, which is a lie because Rocky is practically naked um but he knows he also has nowhere to go like he knows they're doomed and trapped and he's kind of been and... surveying the room at this point he was up in the ceiling at the chandelier uh -huh. looking around he didn't see any exits no and if he's acquainted with the scenario right if eddie was a willing participant in this experiment he might already know that, like, when the elevator is on laboratory level, like, that is your escape, is the elevator shaft. If you have to get out of there, that's your one-way ticket. But I started to think, like, that might have been why Riff and Magenta and Columbia took Brad and Janet in the elevator. Mm, to seal off that exit. Yes. To make sure it was a closed room, closed experiment. Columbia rises and is undoing the bandage around Rocky's chest. And to what level is Columbia complicit here? Yeah, I mean, does she know that he has half of her boyfriend's brain? 
Is Eddie Columbia's boyfriend? I'm gonna go with yes. I'm my jury is undecided at at the moment. I think she's Bay. I don't know if she was there before he got there. That Columbia was but they could have started dating when he got to the castle. That's true. I think you want Columbia and Eddie to be They're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, no perfect couple's Halloween costume. Mhm. But like that too, it's like if she so okay, if like if Janet, right? If Brad got half of his brain removed and Janet were the new groupie, I feel like she wouldn't be oiling down the new sex toy. She would be like, Oh, I know this is like this is weird. Because you did an operation on Brad and this is weird. But that's what I'm saying. Does Columbia know that Mm. it happened to Eddie? Does she know? Does she think... Okay, because he is a delivery boy. Yeah, what if he's out working? Yeah, she might have thought that he just did a delivery and then... He again says that he's at the start of a pretty big downer. He's putting the pieces together that he knows he's Frank's undead sex slave. And Frank in the tank behind Rocky wraps his arms around Rocky's neck. Rocky, to get away from Frank, starts to spin away as Columbia is holding one end of his chest bandage, unwrapping him as he goes. I love this shot. I think it's so cute. It is so good. Because, it again, like a burlesque. Like, we're getting the reveal. a tasteful reveal. And... He is terrified of Frankenfurter. Terrified, because he's, instead of, you know, oh, Frank, oh, didn't see you there. Ah, hugs. Happy to see you. No, he's still like, hell no. Get me away from Frankenfurter. Yep. Out of here. Get me out of here. And as he's saying, oh, no, 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 no. Everyone in the ensemble is singing, Sha-la-la, that ain't no crime. Rocky is thinking, they're not going to help me. They're not listening to me. I am telling all of you guys that I, at the least, was not complicit in this experiment. Like, I don't really know what I'm doing here. And everybody's like, ha we would call the cops if we were humans. And the Transylvanians just keep repeating, Shalala, that ain't no crime. Frank somehow gets atop of Riff Raff's shoulders. What is he doing there? <laughs> what does he think he's doing there? And Richard O'Brien on the commentary is like, you know, I don't remember filming this. Like he <laughs> says it like that. He's like, I just remember a feeling of warmth on my neck. <laughs> What a better time than now to wrap up our Transylvanian profiles. Yeah, we only have a few left. Yeah, so our first is Isaac Books. He's the Transylvanian wearing the kefia and blue shirt. And he's an actor from Kampur, India, who appeared in many films and British TV shows, most notably in Octopussy, the James Bond movie, mm-hmm. and as Omar 
in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, such a good movie. Mm-hmm. He passed away from lung cancer in the year 2000. Um, so RIP. Yeah. Next up, we've got Anthony Milner. He is the Transylvanian wearing the hot pink shirt. He can be seen in the wedding photo as the guest on the very far left in the black and white tux with the sunglasses on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he is actually an English actor that studied at the London's Royal Academy of Arts. All fancy. <laughs> and once he graduated, he started performing at the Royal Court Theatre. He appeared alongside Tim Curry in Man is Man in 1971. So there it is. There's the connection. Yep. He also appeared in The Odd Job, a Monty Python movie, as well as Superman 2 and The Pianist. And he currently lives in England with his wife, Moira Brooker, and an actress in the sitcom As Time Goes By. (laughs) (laughs) Next up, we've got Kimmy Wong. Your favorite Transylvania. Your assigned Transylvanian. (laughs) Your, like, badge of honor. You perform as a Kimmy Wong Transylvanian. I love Kimmy Wong. I I really do think she's my favorite Transylvanian. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She's just so cute. She's the Transylvanian with the purple shirt. The long black hair with bangs, mm-hmm. and the teensy tiny green sombrero. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just tell you how much fun it was to find not only a mini sombrero, but also to paint it green? <laughs> <laughs> and she's in a lot of the promotional material for the movie, and in, yes. in the front of a lot of group shots, she's highlighted as like a featured. Transylvanian, uh, which we'll talk about why in just a moment. Uh, But when she was in the UK at age 19, she just decided she wanted to try out for hair, Mm -hmm. like a touring company production of hair. And the choreographer for hair uh, was David Tagori, who is the choreographer of this film and of the Time Warp. So, you know, she won a role. She was a perfect Transylvanian. She was cute and young and full of energy. And, like, the energy radiates out of the photographs of her. Yeah. Like, pops. She pops. <laughs> well, and originally we didn't think that she was in the wedding scene. Mm-hmm. But upon mm-hmm. closer inspection, we realized that she's the third person throwing rice at Ralph and Betty in the long white sleeve shirt with like the plaid romper on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's still got those bangs though. Very yes. Karangbin. <laughs> like you would recognize them when if you pause it in the wedding scene you're like oh okay yeah there she is. Yeah. She's they only show her face very briefly though so I didn't realize it was her until we went back and like really looked at it because I was thinking why would they feature her in like every single Transylvanian shot and then not have her in the wedding scene they do (laughs) they do yeah she was there for (laughs) most of filming uh because she met Richard O'Brien doing hair Mm -hmm. he left the show and she stayed on um and then they ended up reconnecting and got married in 1971. They had a son together who uh, I would love to see him do a riffraff. Oh, me too. How awesome would that be? Um, 
And that's why Kimmy is just, you know, all over the place. She is the mother of Richard's son. And his wife at the time. Yes. So after having Linus, Kimmy went back to acting in hair. Um, That was like the love of her life. (laughs) And Richard was a stay-at-home dad for Linus and started working on They Came From Denton High, which I don't know if you remember, we might have mentioned it earlier, is the early working title of the Rocky Horror Show. And while it was being staged, the couple began performing together as a duo. They recorded some singles, including the classic hit, Merry Christmas Baby. And the B-side of that was actually Eddie, which was Kimmy's rendition of Eddie's Teddy. The person who was destined to sing it before Frankie Grande last night. (laughs) And they stayed together until 1979 and split and she's just, you know. Yeah, she kind of fell off. Um, I wasn't really able to find really anything about her after their divorce. Well, I think he probably... Uh, they probably still have a great relationship because... Their son. Yeah. And he talks about her in a very... Loving way. Yeah. Very loving way, very familiar way, and not in a way of, like, bitter divorce ending in rivalry. And with that, that kind of wraps up our main Transylvanians, but we do have some honorable mentions like we mentioned earlier in the show. So, Tony Cowan... Is our greatest argument that Transylvanians are shapeshifters. <laughs> <laughs> so Tony isn't actually credited as a Transylvanian, but he replaced Henry Wolf partway through the filming. He's taller and slimmer than Henry, but instead of kind of hiding him in the background and just putting him in the same costume, he puts he's put in the foreground and uh-huh. can be clearly seen, especially yeah. in the um in Frank's walk to the throne during Sweet Transvestite. Mm-hmm. Um, when he's walking through the Transylvanians, Tony Cowan is, like, right there in the front. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What? I think we're supposed to notice that a little bit. Like, it is uncanny. Like, they could just have not... There are other people from the wedding that don't reappear at Frank's castle. Yeah. He could have been one of the Transylvanians that they are like, cool, he's just, he's the weird photographer, and that's it. But Perry Bedden is also a photographer, so, like, it would make sense if there was, like, a Denton photographer and a Transylvanian photographer that's, like, documenting the event, you know? <laughs> but, no, they... they Highlight him. They highlight him. They make him another featured player, and... That's why we think Transylvanians have to be shapeshifters. And you know what? Now I have a dream that we cast twin adult males, approximately aged 40, (laughs) that look, that are fraternal twins. Yes. And then we can have them as the, the Tony slash Henry Henry Transylvanian. (laughs) Like, wow. And... Since we've covered all of the aliens that were at Denton Episcopalian earlier this evening, we wanted to go over the other characters, humans. the other human, exactly, the other <laughs> humans that were in attendance. Jeremy Newsom 
is Ralph Hapshat. Um, he also appeared in Shock Treatment, reprising his role as Ralph, um, as the only actor who plays the same role in both films. And after he filmed Shock Treatment, that was enough for him. He switched to directing educational films and documentaries. Um, and he's also since released two country singles. <laughs> so Jeremy Newsom. A man of many talents and very little credits. <laughs> yes. Next up, we've got Hilary Farr or LeBow, um, who played Betty Monroe. She's a Canadian actress who uh, was living in an apartment in London under Tim Curry. Yeah. <laughs> Easy Literally. as that. <laughs> <laughs> literally the right place at the right time like he needed a gal to do filming one day probably saw that she's cute and was like hey yeah come come do this one line yep she's she continued to have minor roles in the 70s and 80s but what most people know her better for is her interior design and home renovation as one of the hosts of love it or list it um, or as I would like to call it, love it or okay, guys, this is it. Boom. <laughs> and last up, the, I would say the only bridesmaid slash bridal pa- party. Like extra. Yeah, the only like extra that really was even worth talking about that we could find any information on. Yeah, ex- the interesting extra you know yeah. like she showed up on set and it was like at that time it was it'd like be, Ooh. yeah if like i don't know kim kardashian showed up in the remake you know we'd be like what is kim kardashian doing but just as an extra yeah for four minutes at the beginning of the movie and then is gone forever so we've got ku stark yes she was born in new york city uh, she's actually an uncredited role, but she's the bridesmaid in the purple dress that's right behind Ralph in the first shot of them. And then in the photo is like in between Ralph and Betty's heads. <laughs> and she was a huge like tabloid sensation in the like 70s and 80s mm-hmm. because she was dating Prince Andrew. Um which is a can of worms (laughs) and then later fell out of favor when people found out that she was involved in soft porn womp womp gasp (laughs) um and she began she went on to become a very successful freelance photographer and also beat breast cancer uh she started an organization called keep abreast um to you know raise funds and awareness she's also famous for being cut from both doctor who and star wars so she was originally in both of those franchises and successfully screwed up enough (laughs) to get completely cut out of both hey she wasn't an actress she's just (laughs) she just showed up for money a gig okay one gig (laughs) um and that's all of our Transylvanians. And honorable mentions. Boy, I really wish we could figure out who those kids are. <laughs> <laughs> like, just... Where did they come from? Where well, did they go? how did they... Where did they come from, Cotton Eye Joe? 
get out. This is your apartment, but you get out. You made the bad joke first. <laughs> so before Rocky goes into his next verse, in the stage show, the criminologist, or the narrator, had an original verse at this point, where he says, Rocky needed peace of mind. He didn't know he was doing just fine. He was the product of another time. And as for feeling down, well, that's not a crime. So I understand why it was cut, because it's another, like, cut to a different environment. We already got that so much during Time Warp, but this feels like the uh, criminologist cut in Eddie's Teddy before Columbia comes in for her her solo. Mm-hmm. Like, it kind of sounds, like, similar. To me, it sounds like the criminologist is citing himself with the Transylvanians, which backs up our claim that the criminologist is a Transylvanian. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Yep, because I'm 100% on board for that theory. <laughs> Um, I can also see why it was cut, though. It doesn't really add anything. It doesn't really move the song along. Frank and Riff have fallen over from Frank trying to get a piggyback ride over to Rocky. And this begins Rocky's tour of individually campaigning to each Transylvanian to please help him, please. And Rocky is going up one side of the the ramp that's behind the elevator. And he's, like, technically human, right? Rocky would be... I think so. Even though he's got, like, Transylvanian juices pumping through his veins. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I think he's human. Because, okay. like... I think it's a human body uh-huh. and a human brain, as far as uh-huh. we know. So I, I think he's human. Yeah, I mean, it would explain why he seems so horrified by uh, the Transylvanians' lack of interest in listening to his plea. Mm-hmm. He continues to a first group of Transylvanians. The sword of Damocles is hanging over my head. They say, that ain't no crime. To the second group. I've got the feeling someone's gonna be cutting the thread. Like, maybe the Transylvanians are saying kidnapping and lobotomy and cannibalism isn't illegal in Transylvania. Like, maybe this is such a a freaky utopia where not only are they a free love, free sex society, they're also, like, yeah, if you want to, like, bound and gag someone and torture someone and and mutilate them. That ain't no crime. That ain't no crime. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I want to visit Transylvania no, so bad <laughs> if all of these things are legal acts. Meanwhile, while Rocky is pleading to all of these Transylvanians, Frank is climbing literally on all fours up the ramp after him. And he's kissing his ankle, and he's fawning over him. And I don't think Frank is paying attention to what Rocky is saying either. Like, he too is so distracted by the booty that 
he just can't wait to get his hands on Rocky instead of hearing that maybe Rocky is revealing all of Frank's secrets. <laughs> and, like, there's still two people in the observatory that really have no idea what's going on and are just standing there in their skivvies. <laughs> like, Frank has no concern for Brad and Janet hearing Rocky go on this lament. Mm-hmm. To the third group, Rocky comes up and goes, Oh, woe is me. My life is a mystery. Stephen Calcutt is giving him this boohoo face. Yeah, like making fun of him. Yeah. And Rocky has no idea what he's doing there. He's literally telling those people, I woke up and I can't explain what happened. What happened? I don't know why I'm in this body. My life is a mystery. Like, like we see Sadie in a moment. Two is, like, patting Rocky's cheek, and she's shaking her head at him like he's a puppy that wants... Oh, baby. Yeah, oh, life's a mystery. Oh, that's so hard for you. Like, they have no regard for, like, the sincerity of what he's asking mm-hmm. them. And... He continues to say to them, Oh, can't you see that I'm at the start of a pretty big downer? And he's horrified that these people, he's walked through the entire line of them, and all they can do is like ooh and ah and ogle and like kind of make fun of his plight. They're just like so unkind. I don't know. It, it like colors the Transylvanians of like, I get that they need to keep their alien ways a secret. But as a human in this scenario, (laughs) it's like, that's the difference, I guess, between humans and aliens is the, like, ability for empathy, maybe. 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 We'll we'll maybe find that out. Um, Rocky sets off at a run down the opposite ramp. And Frank shakes her fist at us, breaking the fourth wall. Kind of, I got away again. That's, oh, he's so close. I just touched his ankle. Oh, I have just missed him. Because Frank has all these theatrics and is so over the top and and yelling and, and exclaiming throughout, I never noticed that Rocky is, like, running away from Frank, Mm -hmm. down the ramp, around the room, in circles. He sees Frankenfurter in the same way that, like, you know, people who've never seen Rocky Horror see Frankenfurter for the first time and are, like, a little horrified. I don't... that That's not really... I don't think he's horrified for that reason of, like... Oh, spooky. I don't know. I don't know if I like the way this guy looks. It is a familiar fear. Eddie knew exactly who Frank was, so Rocky waking up knows who Frank is. Yes. And the guests continue, Sha-la-la-la, that ain't no crime. Columbia, Riff, and Magenta are doing their, uh, their chorus line kicks their (laughs) dance and they're reveling in this madness they love the chaos 
they're not helping Frank collect Rocky. Like, they're just kind of letting the song play out and see how the rocket plan plays out. (laughs) Because I think Riff was, was just hoping to ensue as much madness as possible to make little pieces of Frank's plan kind of get unhinged. While Frank is chasing Rocky around this lab and they're running, Rocky's continuing with the oh no no no's and the guests are continuing with their shalalas. <laughs> and we get a second loop around the the lab. I saw that as Rocky making sure he didn't miss an exit sign that first loop he yeah. did. Like, He's... just making sure you none of you guys were standing in front of the door. Um, he's totally looking for an exit. Yeah, because he's way more frantic the second time around. Mm-hmm. We're panning around. We're getting shots of Frank. We're getting shots of the Transylvanians kind of bopping and partying. Rocky and Frank colliding with them and Frank running into the wall because he's so excited with his apron that he just, his panties are on fire and he needs to like fan him off or so I don't know, runs into the wall. After Rocky's second lap, he ends up at the tank again and he climbs up the ladder and just kind of plops down. The Transylvanians lean forward with a final... Shalala, that ain't no crime. That ain't no crime. Shalala. And Frank comes right next to Rocky's glistening right thigh as Columbia and Riff and Magenta start to hover around the tank. Frank says, Well, really, that was no way to behave on your first day out. Rocky looks incredibly pained by that he looks super out of breath like totally exhausted panting but also like he doesn't know what frank is gonna do to him if he doesn't please him like if he knows the worst thing that can happen is getting his brain removed like what now could what could frank do now frank then just you know he, he caresses and fondles the thigh and says, but as you're such an exceptional beauty, I'm prepared to forgive you. Rocky is so excited by this news. <laughs> he bangs on the bars. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he's realizing maybe this isn't so bad. Like, Maybe okay. I can play it up. Maybe I can pretend to be interested in Frank and just kind of skate by. Yeah, and like, this doesn't necessarily mean immediate danger. I started to think about, like, if Eddie and Brad are parallel characters, and if Eddie, too, is wrestling with some inner bisexual interests, that I wonder if... Frank was thinking of switching, of splitting their brain, of making a gay half and a straight half, thinking that's how bisexuality works, and is that why he tried to make just one sex toy and then keep Eddie alive? Yeah, why was there the brain split in half? Why 
did he, as we'll find out a little bit later, keep Eddie? Yes. Keep him there. Like, for whenever he's ready to defrost him. Like, cool, we have him when we need him. And I don't know if Rocky also gets the idea that uh, a fate worse than this is death. And that, like, Frank does have the capacity to murder people. Yeah. He's already taken out brains. What else can he do? (sighs) Queasy. (laughs) Columbia and Magenta take off their aprons and throw them into the tank. Uh, Riff and Magenta move to stand near Frank and Columbia climbs up the ladder at the other side. She's kind of putting herself in that I'm just as good as Frank position. Mm-hmm. I'm part of the group. Rocky is kind of looking around like he is looking for a weapon. Yeah. Is what I think. He's <laughs> or like, like what stuff. can I use? What can I use? Yeah. Or he's also like looking at his physique and he's like, if he's Eddie, he's going, whoa, look at my arms. Look at my legs. Ooh, look at my abs. <laughs> look at my abs. And Frankenfurter deems his experiment and says, oh, I just love success. Riff, edging up to Frank, says, he's a credit to your genius, master. Yes. Magenta says, a triumph of your will. Yes. Columbia says, he's okay. Frank and Riff are so offended (laughs) that that Columbia would say their newborn tank child is mediocre looking. And, like, it's, but it's not her fault. Well, this makes the <laughs> question again, does she know that Rocky is half of Eddie's brain? Is she like, well, he's okay, but he's no Eddie. She has a type. Yeah. She's like, well, yeah. She's not like these sarcastic Transylvanians, you know? Riff Raff is totally discrediting Frank by negging him and like calling out that he did a lot of the work and that he did a lot of the labor. Okay, it's a credit to my genius. Honestly, is what Riff Raff is thinking. Which, by the way, during the live stream, we loved Seth's little improv. Oh my gosh. (laughs) A credit to my genius. Oh, your (laughs) genius, but also my genius. It was my genius too. (laughs) Yeah, because it's like... Seth gets it. Yeah, he's totally a Rocky fan. A hundred percent. Frank says, Okay. Okay! So I guess Patricia Quinn, when, uh, right before they filmed this, she'd instructed Nell to say the line a little different so that Tim would get a different reaction out of himself. (laughs) So the reaction we see is his true pissed off reaction to Nell's <laughs> interpretation of the line. <laughs> and so Frank says, I think we can do a little better than that. He takes Rocky down from the tank and walks over to, marches over, honestly, like a like a kid on a playground. Like he's like, <laughs> and stands right next to Brad and Janet, puts his arm around Rocky and says, well, Brad and Janet, what do you think of him? Well, I don't like a man with 
too many muscles. A lie. <laughs> Brad at first is like, yeah. And then he's like, wait, that means that I don't have muscles. And Rocky does a little bit of a sad. He's like, oh, she doesn't, oh. <laughs> oh, she doesn't like me. Frank is doubly offended. That's, he thought he was going to get a better reaction out of Janet than oh, he did yeah. Columbia. So saying, I didn't make him for you. Well, who did you make him for then? I don't know. At this point, like, it sounds like Columbia, Janet, and Brad are part of the science experiment that is taking place. Yeah. Because if he was really just a sex toy, a sex robot, basically, wouldn't he just be for Frank? Like, wouldn't it only matter what Frank thought of him? But now he's going around the room asking everybody, what do you think of him? 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 Specifically... The two human females. Yes. Like, let's say Transylvanians' point on Earth is to figure out a way to inhabit and breed with humans. And Frank is creating a sex toy doll that, if it's just as easy as reanimating a corpse, we could get women pregnant all over the place. But it doesn't work if the humans are not attracted to the specimen he's created for this experiment. But they're, but Janet's totally lying. So <laughs> she's throwing the experiment. She does a, a Janet drama again, a big old gasp. In reaction to Frank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Frank storms away and says he carries the Charles Atlas seal of approval. And in the stage show, because... This upcoming song was actually completely rewritten. Mm-hmm. It was a totally different song mm-hmm. before. He says, and he didn't even take the lessons. Which leads into who Charles Atlas was slash is, question mark. <laughs> um, he was an Italian-American bodybuilder born Angelo Siciliano, known for creating Dynamic Tension, the exercise program and bodybuilding method. Um, He passed away at the age of 80 in 1972, which may be relevant for purposes of our story. (laughs) So he ended up taking the name Charles Atlas after he... Uh, him and a friend went to Coney Island and his friend goes, hey, look at that statue of Atlas. That looks like you. (laughs) He took the name because it sounded more American. He was like, Charles, I want to be Charles. I don't want to be Angelo Siciliano. I'm Charles Atlas. So he was already marketing and branding. Yes. From the get-go. From the get-go. Okay. He knew what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Charles Atlas Limited is apparently still going. I don't know about thriving, but they're still going. It exists. And they're still marketing their fitness program. Crazy. But so there was an ad, an advertisement, that uh, as the story goes, Charles Atlas, when he was a kid, only weighed 97 pounds and a bully kicked sand in his face at the Coney Island beach. Um, He turned that into the advertisement that 
is the inspiration yeah. for this number. The entire the lyrics to the song. Yeah. And he came up with the idea for dynamic tension by watching Yeah, he was watching a lion like stretching and stuff and like how did he get so buff? Oh, he's just pushing one muscle against the other, so it's building the dynamic tension. <laughs> yeah, no, he's totally right. Like seeing I think that too with like horses. You see their yeah, you're muscles like, they're work buff. and like yeah, I can get where his uh, s- scheme came in. He was like, this this lion doesn't have any weights in there. How did he get so buff? That's literally what his what he said his thought process was, <laughs> which is hilarious to me. So the famous advertisement that we were referring to that inspired this song is called The Insult that made a man out of Mac. Okay, so if Charles Atlas died in 1972. And this show was staged in 1974. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if Frank's idea of the secret to the creation of life is exhuming the most perfect specimen of manhood and then just attempting to reanimate it. Do I think that Frank dug up the dead corpse of Charles Atlas and, and used Transylvanian science to, to like youngify him? Benjamin Button him? Yes. <laughs> so what if Rocky is the reanimated, youngified, Benjamin Buttoned corpse of Charles Atlas. I I will get under your tin foil rain newspaper hat and conspiracy theorize yes with you 100%. If Frank is able to not only procure the Mona Lisa but also a duplicate Mona Lisa and the statue of David and a duplicate Statue of David. And all the other fine art and everything he's amassed. Like, do I think he is not above exhuming a corpse in a grave? Yeah. If he decided that Charles Atlas was the one that he wanted? Yes. So in the gallery, the guests are applauding. Frank pulls a red cloth dramatically from a stand bearing a set of weights. They're like wrapped in this clear cellophane and they almost look like peppermint canes. Yeah, Yeah, like candy canes. Yeah. Yeah, and I just have never thought that much into it, but it's also another kind of alien thing of like, they're like, we wrap presents. Look, these are presents. We wrap them. We wrap them. But they don't know that, like, there's... You use that color scheme specifically for Christmas, for example. Yeah. Like, that's not what you traditionally would wrap birthday presents in. Um, but Frank also has a thing for red. He yeah. He's red all over Red. Place. Yeah. Rocky looks down at the weights, then up at Frank. <laughs> Considering. He's like, um... <laughs> If we're going with our theory here, you got to remember it's Eddie's brain. In Eddie's body. In Eddie's, or in Rocky's body. Excuse me, meatloaf in Peter Hinwood's body. (laughs) So he's staring at these 
in his Eddie brain thinking, what do you want me to do with those? I, I don't, don't exercise. Yeah, I don't lift weights. I don't lift, lift, lift weights, bro. <laughs> and so begins the, the song of our... Also, it's like a, a special place in our hearts. Yeah, it's a very close second to Time Warp. <laughs> I Can Make You a Man, uh, which was originally titled Charles, Charles Atlas, Atlas, part one in the stage show. Music and lyrics by Richard O'Brien with musical arrangements by Richard Hartley. This song was part of the added musical numbers Eddie's Teddy and Planet Schmanet that were not originally part of the show, uh, but then kind of got added along for... Beefing it up. Beefing it up, more context. Like, Eddie's Teddy and Planet Schmanet are, are important for uh, understanding the final act of the film. Yes. It, it's interesting to me that a Rocky, or a song about Rocky, gets included in a, a rewrite that included a song about Eddie. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, he, I think Richard O'Brien wanted a little bit more foreshadowing before we get the reveal way later on. And it, when Frank reveals it, it's like a throwaway line. He glosses over it and he, it's in passing to riff in magenta. And if we were in a shadow cast, uh, Brad and Janet would come on for their brief line, um, but otherwise it follows the stage directions of Frank walking over to where the control panel is, where we'll have one of our prop masters preset the weights and pummel horse yes. that we have. And we're lucky enough that we have so many crafty people on our cast, they were able to make us a set of weights in quotation marks and a pommel horse but i've actually seen it where people um either mime the weights Mm -hmm. or they have like pool noodles basically Mm -hmm. which anything works honestly get creative and the pommel horse is a giant prop so if you have the space to store it good on you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but if not i've seen people stand in as the pommel horse yeah or a stool yeah just, you know, a, an area for Frank to do his uh, pelvic thrusts. And for Rocky to sit and get oiled up. Yep. The props are fun. I think the most necessary ones are the dumbbells so that Rocky can do... Yeah, that's really all you need. You don't need the whole lifts. stand. Nah. No. Nah. Just the two little... You can make them out of literally anything. Toilet paper rolls. Yeah. You can make a toilet paper roll and then put, like, a plate on either end. Like, a paper plate. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. And uh, color it and say that it weighs 8 billion pounds. Yeah. (laughs) And it's the magic of theater. Theater. (laughs) Frank is ready for his next... Number. His next number. The diva is ready. He sings, A weakling weighing 98 pounds will get sand in his face when kicked to the ground. (laughs) (laughs) And I think this is a little bit, definitely quoting the advertisement, but I kind of think of it like Frank reliving maybe his own childhood of 
Like we we see Tim Curry, he's not built and muscular. Yeah. Like it, it feels like this is something that happened to me and I don't want it to happen to you. Mm-hmm. So here are some weights. Get buff. Mhm. And he continues and soon in the gym with a determined chin, the sweat from his pores as he works for his cause. <laughs> and Frank is just appreciating his handiwork, chucking Rocky's chin and getting distracted in song and losing his train of thought. Like, he's just taking every muscle of Rocky in. He picks up the card that is attached to the weight stand and gives it to Rocky, like, remember, I get you presents. (laughs) This is from me. And he both looks like either, one, I can't read. Like, why did you hand me this? I can't read. I can't talk. I can't read. Or it's Eddie looking at a card that says, happy birthday, Rocky. And going, that's not my name. Frank picks up two small weights that are impossibly heavy for Frank, but no problem at all to Rocky, and hands them over. He says, we'll make him glisten and gleam, and with massage and just a little bit of steam. (laughs) (laughs) And Frank is dragging his finger down Rocky's torso all the way to his panty line. But then... Ah, can't, no, can't spoil. Not yet. Can't spoil the, the climax. And since we're getting a really good look at Rocky's torso, we get a look at his belly button, which is an amalgamation of Peter Hinwood's real belly button and a prop that they, like, tried to make it look like a Kyle XY thing where he's a little alien so like his umbilical cord isn't a normal belly button you know what I mean yeah he was created so he doesn't have the traditional innie or outie it's just kind of like there and that's what makes me think He's, like, maybe a Greek statue. Maybe. That got reanimated because we got such a good look at David's torso earlier, too. (laughs) Richard called this shot risque, like, showing these golden abs uh, (laughs) was going to be offensive for some reason. But we see, we hear a single solitary beep (laughs) that's like a heart rate monitor. Which is just someone accidentally hitting a synthesizer note. And it sounds hilarious because it's like Frank is about to pass out. Yeah, it, it, to me, I've always interpreted it as Frank getting really excited and his heart rate going up. Yes, yes. And Rocky looks down at those weights in his hands uh, and starts to kind of test out his muscular strength. Yep. Frank sings, he'll be pink and quite clean he'll be a strong man oh honey but the wrong man (laughs) and 
What did you think Frank said originally? I thought he said he'll be fit and quite clean. Well, he... So the lyrics changed. Yes. This is part of the the altered for the film lyrics. Originally, it would be his girl split on him, and then in the gym, the sweat from his pores as he works on his cause. So it's a little bit more motivated by a breakup. Yeah. Uh, and then the line, you were, what you thought you heard was pretty close to the original lyrics. He was thin, but quite clean. He was in good shape. But the wrong shape. Ooh. Uh-huh. So maybe my brain just kind of put them together. Uh-huh. Like uh-huh. smushed uh-huh. those two lines together. And I was like, yeah, that's the right thing. <laughs> I don't know why they changed the lyrics. I feel like in the stage show, painting this picture of a kid who was thin and got broken up with and had to get into shape and blah da 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 it works better for a stage show, mm-hmm. painting that picture. But I feel like they may have thought in the film, hey, if we tell this story of, like, this random dude, it's going to confuse these people even more. Or we're going to have to show, like, a montage. In this (laughs) movie. So I feel like it was rewritten just to kind of fit in with Rocky a little bit more. Sure. I believe it. So then Frank pulls the pummel horse over to where it is conveniently accessible says he'll eat nutritious high protein and swallow raw eggs he wants him to be a a fitness man he wants him to have a like bodybuilder's diet like he's only drinking protein shakes and an entire carton of eggs for breakfast gaston is that you But I, okay, I interpret that as, like, we saw their spread in the ballroom. We know Transylvanians have no idea what the heck an Earth diet is. Like, Frank knows that's what, like, exactly what bodybuilders eat. But he he also kind of sounds like an overexcited, like, new adopter of a puppy who's like, yeah, I'll walk him all the time and wash him and feed him and i'm totally capable of taking care of this other being like it's <laughs> look I'm, i can do it I i'm made a, a good man. owner i made a man look <laughs> frank rips the cloth off of the pummel horse and then we get a good view of it and again it's bright red and it's wrapped in that clear cellophane uh-huh Rocky runs into the scene and jumps up on the horse. Columbia walks behind him and she's carrying like a little tub of of oil. Mm -hmm. Massage oil. Glistening oil. (laughs) Frank says, try to build up his shoulders, his chest, arms, and legs. Such an effort. If he only knew of my plan. Which, okay, we Frank is addressing us and in the audience and he's revealing that he too is scheming 
he has a plan that first-time viewers have no idea really why Frank has created another being. We're getting a lot of spectacle to distract from that point. And Rocky did not become strong through exercise. He be, it's, this uh, is more of a metaphor of Atlas's slogan, let me prove that in just seven days, I can make you a new man. The original lyrics for this part, then a magazine advert with a new muscle plan said in just seven days, you're ready, baby? I can make you a man. I'm wondering if Frank wants to, like, harvest farm the brain. And he's thinking that, like, he can just keep reducing the brain down and keep making more robots, more new sex toys, well, new I'm tank thinking children. that the in just seven days... I can make you a man is kind of like the biblical creation story. Like God made man on the seventh day. So Frank is making Rocky a man on the seventh day. So maybe Frank is thinking, well, on the first day, I'm going to show him this on the second day. I'm going to show him this third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day. And His seventh day is when I make you a man. Oh boy. He turns to face the guests in his gallery. He announces to them, in just seven days, I can make you a man. And Rocky jumps off of the horse after Columbia's finished rubbing oil all over his torso and starts to do push-ups on the ground. He does exactly three whole push-ups, in (laughs) case you're counting. And at this point, he's been like, Lifting these weights with so much ease, he jumps on that pummel horse, no problem. He's, like, showing off doing these feats of exercise, and it totally is, like, in my brain, meatloaf being like, whoa, I haven't been able to do this in a really long time. Whoa, this is the (laughs) easiest push-up I've ever been able to do. Wow. And he's just, like, bouncing off the walls and so impressed with his own physical ability. Frank is totally impressed with Rocky right now, and he's just kind of admiring his work, he says. He'll do press-ups and chin-ups, do the snatch, clean and jerk. He thinks dynamic tension must be hard work. Frank, at this point, has jumped up onto the pommel horse and starts doing quote-unquote exercises (laughs) he's literally just doing pelvic thrusts into this pommel horse the seat of the pommel horse (laughs) and it's so the the it's so phallic shaped already that like the image is just a gay wet dream that whole frame (laughs) and the gift tag on the pommel horse says with love to rocky with a silver bunny? Yeah, it has like a reflective silver bunny rabbit on it. Why? I don't know. Is it... I don't know, man. It's what like, are these? Well, because like these tags, baby. Like when you have like a baby shower or like baby gifts or whatever, bunnies are like very common <laughs> in like kids. Di- like uh-huh. baby. Like not kids, but like baby. Like newborn babies. Uh huh. 
And that's the only, like, tie-in I can think of. And that's like, ew, you're singing a song about having sex with this guy and then you're treating him like a newborn baby? Yeah, it's... Oh, that's icky. It's weird. It's, it's definitely some strange, like, light, light pedophilia. Yeah. Light pedophilia. It's real gross. Like, it, in the sequels, it is overt. It's, like, suggested that that's also part of the Transylvanians' lifestyle, is that's another element to their sexuality, um, which doesn't get entirely explained or, um, you know, there's no time at all for it in this movie. They would not be able to, like, dedicate any time to explaining that. (laughs) But, like, you do start to think about it when you're like how complicit is rocky in this where frank is just like leading him around he seems kind of mindless but he is sentient so i'm concerned for him in this situation frank goes on to say such strenuous living i just don't understand when in just seven days oh baby i can make you a man and frank hops off the pummel horse he's used to living a pampered life so like even working out for him it's too much it's like ugh, you go to the gym he's one of, he's like ugh, you go to the gym five times a week <laughs> and he's talking about spoiling rocky and he will never lift a finger in this castle when we see two overworked employees Mm -hmm. desperately in need of a break frank is like flaunting this in front of riff and magenta saying like oh rocky's gonna he's not even gonna know what hard work is Mm -hmm. he's gonna have such a wonderful life Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as frank pushes the pummel horse the reason it travels so easily is If you look in the lower right-hand corner, you see some kind of assistant that was on production having to wheel that horse back in on wires. Yeah, you can, like, very faintly see that it's on wires, and then just for a split second, Uh you can see someone's hand reach out from (laughs) behind the elevator. (laughs) And I loved it so much because it was... another blink and you miss it just you know continuity error but i love knowing the production that went into this and that pummel horse flies so i always was curious how he was able to just like slam it back in the same position that it started in but it's because there's a you know prop person there too making sure that the pommel horse gets <laughs> off of the stage and once that pommel horse is off of the stage frank kind of grabs onto rocky and spins him over to against a wall they lean up on the wall and and that's, that's it, it. <laughs> we know that there's a malfunctioning refrigerator that uh, might be alerting us of something, something. coming up. Uh, 
But we're so excited to cover that next time. Yes. And be sure to follow us on our social media. We have our Instagram at Time Warp Radio. Our blog is timewarpradio.blogspot.com. Hey, we're on Twitter now. <laughs> we finally did it. We are Time Warp Rad Pod. Okay, well, here's the thing there's a real radio show talking about time warps, which I am going to listen to it all the time now because. I have conspiracies about space, <laughs> but <laughs> um, they had gotten Time Warp Radio. That's so. all right. We're a rad pod, and we are <laughs> Time Warp Rad Pod. Fuck yeah, we are. <laughs> you can also find us on Facebook at Time Warp Radio Podcast. And don't forget, on, on Wednesdays, Wednesdays we, we watch Rocky. Rocky. Bye. Bye. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps us out, and we appreciate all your feedback. We'll see you next time. Don't be suspicious. 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 Don't be suspicious.